Hello, welcome back to the Talk to Fame podcast with your host, Kaimantini, and I'm very excited for today's episode because we are joined by the host of Be the Change podcast, in which I was honored to be a guest on the show, Lily Mott. Thanks so much for coming on, Lily. I'm super happy to chat with you again. Of course, I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you on. So you are the host of the Be the Change podcast, which is about young people and organizations making a difference around the country and the world. Like, what type of people do you kind of feature or showcase on the show? Yeah, so I really started, it's kind of evolved a lot um, at this point in, and I'm sure we'll talk about that. Um, but at this point in kind of the the podcast scope, I really look for Gen Z in particular. Um, I look for students who, uh, mostly students who are kind of going through this um, change making process and trying to develop these different initiatives. Often it's activists, advocates, change makers. Change makers is kind of a good broad umbrella Mm -hmm. to encompass all of these different people. Um, And often I just kind of look for people that are making a difference in their communities, um, countries, even around the world. And uh, I really try to be kind of diverse in the scope of that. So people who are working on a bunch of different issues and who are passionate about different things, because I think it's just as much of a learning opportunity as it is an opportunity to kind of raise awareness about their work. Um, So yeah, I kind of anyone and everyone there's there's a wide scope of guests. Um, But yeah, it's really developed to be a really exciting platform with lots of different guests. And I'm over, I think I'm close to 150 episodes at this point. So kind of crazy. That's crazy. Like, 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 um, like when did you start this whole thing? Like, did you start this during the pandemic or did you start before? Yes. So I started during the pandemic and it was a very kind of organic process to start it. I was in Washington, DC. Uh, I was an intern there. And of course it was COVID summer, um, that it was June, 2020. And I was in DC doing and kind of semi, it was, it was mostly, uh, just virtual and I was still there though. And that's when the protests following the murder of George Floyd broke out. And there was all of these different movements on the streets. And in the first couple of days, uh, I decided to just go to Lafayette Square Park. And it was actually the day that uh, protesters were cleared out from what would become Black Lives Matter Plaza. And so I just started to record. And my phone was only on 7%. So it ended up dying. And of course, my parents are not very happy about this. It was more of a do it and then ask for forgiveness after. So mm-hmm. um, my phone died and uh, I ended up protesting all night. And I think I ended up like back in my apartment at 2 a.m. Um, and then I just kind of felt so many emotions from seeing that uh, that scene and being tear gassed and shot by rubber bullets. And that was the first time that I'd ever had an experience like that. And so I just kind of started jotting down my thoughts. And I knew that this was this moment where a lot of people weren't able to be at those protests and be on the streets in that way, of course, because of the pandemic and because of where they lived around the country. And so they were seeing it on the news. And so I wanted to give kind of a perspective from my own, I guess at the time, 19 year old, uh, just, just me and share it with kind of my friends and family and tell them what I was seeing. And so it started off as my own experience and then it kind of developed into featuring nonprofits and different organizations and then individuals who are leading uh, this movement. So it kind of definitely grew organically and it started more locally, moved on to more national and then international. Um, And so it's definitely just been a very kind of, like I said, organic growth growth process and just um, seeing where it goes. But yeah, I think it was 
that spur of the moment kind of COVID summer and let's let's see what happens. Let's be involved in this. And uh, now, I guess, two and a half year, two, two and a half years now. Yeah. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Like, do you think if the protest in 2020 didn't happen, like you would have like your podcast and everything? Because for me, like if the pandemic wouldn't happen, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for the wasted time and doing nothing. Yeah, I think it's interesting because I think podcasting too, and I wonder if you feel the same, but I think podcasting as an industry really, really boomed over the pandemic because mm-hmm. everyone was doing kind of their, you know, podcast walks and they had so much time to, you know, time around the house to listen and they wanted to still educate themselves in some way. And, you know, just having this kind of constantly going in your AirPods, having a podcast playing is is a great way to do that. Um, I think I had, I've always been really passionate about journalism. So I think mm-hmm. in some form, something like this would have developed. I'm not sure if it would have been in the same way, uh, just because I did have that kind of catalyzing event. Um, So I think maybe it would look a little bit different or it would have been delayed or something. But I think I I would have found my way to this type of project. I'm not sure in what form it would be without the the protests and things. But um, but yeah, I think I still would have. My my hero is Christiane Amanpour, um, and I love her her different interviews and everything. I love the the format of her show. So I think I've kind of adapted that to be what I could do. And interviewing these young change makers is kind of my way of doing that. But I think I would have eventually found my way to something like this. But the protest was a great way to kind of kickstart it. And I think the pandemic, like you said, I also had so much time to kind of develop it. Uh, so that definitely helped. Mm-hmm. Like, were you into podcasts before? Like, the, like you started your own? Because, like, for me, like, I was only listening to, like, maybe two podcasts before I even started this. I wasn't, like, a big podcast person to act after I started this. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I think... I started to actually only get into them. I actually haven't like thought about that. I only started to get into them probably a couple months before the pandemic started. So I guess a little bit prior to the pandemic, but admittedly, I was very much kind of a crime junkie, like Mm -hmm. the crime podcast type. Uh, I would always listen to them when I was working out because it was easier to kind of run with just the podcast going and Mm -hmm. I wanted a distraction um, that wasn't music. So um, I think, yeah, I started to kind of dip my toe into just the podcasting world a little bit before the pandemic. And I was like, I think this is something, you know, that is a really cool, it has a lot of news potential, but I hadn't really Mm -hmm. like dove into it in the same way so mm-hmm. yeah yeah like, what is like your song like all your favorite podcasts that you like to listen to I know this is a hard question I know it's hard for me too <laughs> like I listen to so many but it's hard to pick this like one yeah yeah I think I've been bouncing around a bunch like I am kind of a podcast binger I will just go mm-hmm. through like a whole podcast and I just get obsessed with them so I think um right now the one that I'm listening to and I think everyone should check it out because I think it speaks to it's it's a great like journalistic podcast but it's called killed and it's by audio chuck and it's all of these different stories they're into their second season now and it's all of these different stories that have been killed by um and I guess just if if no if people don't know that term um if they uh, were shut down by editors um, or like the publishing company because they're too controversial. And so um, this this developer, she's gone, at, or the, the person who's hosting the podcast, the producer, and she's also the host, has gone in and kind of resurfaced these stories and been able to talk to the journalists and talk to the people behind the story. And so to kind of like bring light to them again, and she's breaking these stories again. And they're all of these interesting, just kind of deep controversies and uh and it's really cool so I would definitely recommend that one but 
then you kind of got your classics. I always do the, you know, up first and, um, and again, I'm still, I'm still a crime podcast junkie. So I'll admit that, but I, I love, I love a good crime junkie episode here and there. So yeah, yeah, a wide variety, but I'm always down for more recommendations from anyone. So yeah, I'm a good crime too. person. Like whether it's like a show or like a <laughs> podcast, I'm like, or even TikToks about it. I'm like into it for some reason. Yeah. I love like crime things, whether it's like a, big crime case going on right now or something or an old one I'm always like into it like it's just yep. like I'd be basically obsessed with it for today <laughs> yes I can I can definitely relate to that the Murdoch murders and stuff oh, it's, yeah, yeah <laughs> all over the place <laughs> yeah I've been obsessed with the Murdoch cases and like the what was the, there was a case last year about oh that's Gabby Batillo I was obsessed with that case as well <laughs> last year <laughs> I was just with that one. Now I'm into a Brian case now. Yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But like, what is like your mission for the podcast? Like, what do you want like people to kind of take away or from the podcast with your guests or even like stories from like your uh, life? Yeah, I think for me, it's it's really become this kind of the goal of it is kind of this like butterfly effect, I think, of of change making in the sense that I really wanted to use this as like a community of change makers. So I guess um, if there's someone who listens to one of these episodes and thinks that's super cool, I'd really like to work on that issue or I'd really like to work with that organization or I'd like to even just reach out to that guest. Um, I think then that pod- podcast has kind of served its purpose. I think just raising awareness about the work that young people are doing and hopefully inspiring other people to also do something like that or to also get involved in a way. I think that's really the goal. Um, and just just the more people that can kind of listen. And like I said, if, if they find anything, even a little thing that they think is interesting and they give it a quick Google, uh, I think it's kind of served its purpose in educating people and also just inspiring other people to get involved. That really is the mission. Um, so mm-hmm. I always tell people to, I'm, I'm always just trying to share stories. That's, that's what I want. You know, I want to connect with the guests and I just want to amplify their voices. So it's, um, it's, I, I hope that I've been able to do that. And I feel like creating this community of change makers really around the world at this point, that's the whole goal. So I've also developed a Geneva community for um, the guests and the listeners and things, and just to really kind of continue to build that network for the podcast. So that's definitely the motivation, just kind of this butterfly effect of uh, change making. Mm-hmm. Like you are definitely like making change with your podcast. It's definitely like with all the guests and your experience. Like your first episode was about the um the George Floyd like all these things protest, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. So that was definitely it's interesting because that was um like I mentioned that was kind of my own experience in ch- like and it, it wasn't even I guess necessarily change making. It was just kind of sharing what I had seen and the sights and you know smells and everything that had that had gone on and then um from there I was able to since I was still in DC I featured a lot of DC activists and then when I moved when I bounced around I'm from Colorado originally so from Colorado to I lived in the Outer Banks for a summer to back to school at Washington Lee University where I go uh in Virginia and so then it became more national just because I was bouncing around the US and then I went to study abroad for a year and then it became more international because I actually got to meet a bunch of people. I was at Oxford and so I got to meet some Rhodes Scholars and some people who are doing amazing work over there. And so uh, it's kind of cool because as I've developed as kind of a student and as um, a you know journalist, the podcast has kind of grown with me. So mm-hmm. that's what I like to say. It's, it's kind of a cool reflection of my travels and my experiences so far. 
Mm-hmm. Like, that's right. You're exactly right. Because even though, like, you're doing a podcast, even, like, with being in college or high school, like, you are making connections. Like, you always, like, find person, like, that you know, like, everywhere you go. Like, I just yeah. feel like every place you go, whether it's, like, out of country or staying abroad or going to California or somewhere, you always know someone in that place. Yeah, yeah. The best part about doing a podcast is that, like, you know everyone in that industry. Exactly. Exactly. Or if you have questions or that, that's what's been cool for me is, you know, if you have something like I um, recently got connected with someone who's working in chat GBT and now it's like, oh, that's so cool. Like I never would have, you know, known about that. And I get to kind of learn about this through her, which is just, it's so cool. Mm-hmm. That's the best part about like, doing podcasts or even like j- doing journalism is that like you learn many things I didn't know about two years ago. You know, like it's just like each episode you're learning something new. Like you learn something you may know or may not know. Like you're learning many topics. Maybe it's like climate change, women empowerment, or whatever it is that they're passionate about. Like you're learning so many new details I never knew like two days ago before the interview. I totally agree. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and like, did you want to kind of like pursue journalism after you graduate from university or it's kind of like, oh, I'm just going to keep it in college, like that type of thing? Yeah. So that's actually, that's, that's my plan. Um, I love journalism. I think uh, it's definitely going to be my career path into the future. So I will actually be, I'm going back uh, to study abroad again next year to get my master's and I'd really like to work in international journalism. So I'm hoping to uh, be based in England or in Wales, uh, in the UK somewhere probably, uh, and or just Europe. Maybe I'm keeping keeping the options open. Um, but uh, I would love to be kind of a US UK correspondent um, at some point in in my future because I love the idea that journalism can be a bridge between different cultures and different populations. And so uh, I'd really really like to do that. I loved living in the UK uh, when I was there. So. I want to go back and hopefully kind of establish uh, a journalistic career over there. But yeah, that's that's definitely what I want to do into the future. Just I've kind of found this passion for amplifying voices and sharing stories. And it's kind of like a bug, you know, once <laughs> I'm, I'm hooked, you know, I just want to do yeah. more. So that's the goal. Yeah, I'm actually so jealous. Like you live in the UK or Europe is like basically my number one place to go to UK. Like it's always been on my list. Like me and my mom literally always talked about going to England for a couple of days before Queen Elizabeth died and then she died and we couldn't make it. So I'm like, oh, oh my gosh, the well, royal family. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm obsessed with the royal family. Like I yeah. <laughs> royal family related. I'm basically into it. So oh, like, I was yeah. like, I would die to go to UK before Queen Elizabeth dies. So oh she's like older yeah. and stuff. And then a couple months later, like like the early this year um, she passed away I'm like are you kidding me yeah <laughs> well this will be this will be an exciting time too depending on when you know this, this is published everything with co- the coronation um mm. and everything so I mean I'll be there next year so if you get get the chance next year you got to come visit I'll be in Wales though so you might have to make a little trip to London to go yeah, see for sure. Buckingham Palace really and everything but... next year definitely on my list. absolutely absolutely but like are you like do you know when a coronation is for um Prince Charles or it's Prince Charles or um I know it's this month like yeah I think it's month. it's I think it's May 28th 
I think oh. it's something like that. It's it's within it's within. So everybody's getting all excited. I was actually visiting there for spring break, and already they've got you know flags up and they've got lots of decorations and stuff. So it'll be a big big celebration. But mm. yeah, if there was a chance you could get there for that, I'm sure you would love it. <laughs> yeah, guys. Like I heard, like it's such a big thing. I'm super excited for coronation. Like even though like with Queen Elizabeth, she's been away for like fifty years, like sixty yeah. years. So it's no crazy. one has really seen a coronation and like before she um became queen. Like that was the last coronation that happened in England uh-huh. history. Yeah, exactly. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be the biggest celebration though. I think it's gonna be like it, everybody gets the day off. I think they're having like a four day weekend type thing. It's gonna oh, be wow. it's gonna be huge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if it's a four day weekend, everyone's having off, then you know it's gonna be big absolutely yeah but um it's gonna be so cool and then I think you know we'll see but um I love I think Prince William and, and Kate and stuff that'll, that'll also yeah. be cool I do you follow along with all of their like news and everything are you like yeah. into- like I think today's like your anniversary or something today oh yeah oh really yeah because I look, look, was looking at Instagram early this morning before I jumped on this interview and I heard like 12 years or something that I'm assuming oh, wow full post oh. but um I believe like, that meant their anniversary. I could be wrong. I heard like I think it was oh like twelve God. years they captioned it. Wow. I could be wrong. Oh I think double chalk. I could be totally wrong and dang. But I think that's what it was. Yeah. I just fact checked myself really quick, but it's May sixth is actually coronation, so we're much closer. It's gonna be Ooh, it's May gonna be next week. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, it's so close! So oh my god, exciting. I hope it's like I don't have to wake up at five a.m. for it. Like if it, oh yeah, you got got to record it or something, you know? Yeah, because like I remember waking up early for Harry and Meghan's oh, the... wedding. I remember having to wake up early that morning to watch it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Watch watch the highlights after, you know? <laughs> yeah, or just record it on ABC or something, and then watch it after. <laughs> school or whatever it is there you go <laughs> there but you like go. why did you choose to go to William and Lee University like what was like something about it like that you wanted to kind of take in because I'm definitely looking at colleges right now oh yeah I kind of like was like wondering like why you chose um, uh-huh. college yeah it's also funny so um it gets confused a lot with so there's like a couple schools but so there's William and Mary and there's Washington Lee so Washington mm-hmm. Lee is the one that I go to which is which is awesome um but it is um so it's very interesting it's a, it's in southern southwestern virginia um and i like i said i'm from colorado so i actually decided to come here because it's um a very interesting political school we have like a great um political science program and um it's very very econ heavy as well so we have a lot of econ business majors um and it's since it's in the south it's a little bit more conservative um leaning and so that was also a uh, as far as just political ideologies and kind of the way that our school is run the board of trustees and it's also named after general robert e lee so that's been kind of a controversy in recent years as far as changing the name and what kind of our what the name says about the school's values and traditions and things. So for me, it was actually, I really wanted to kind of challenge some of my biases coming from a place that was very liberal and someone who I knew I wanted to study journalism um, leaving high school. And so this was kind of an opportunity for me to uh, see a different part of the country, see a place that at the time, since I graduated in 2019 and a big moment for me was Donald Trump's um, election and inauguration and the beginning of his term. And so I think at that time, America was in a very interesting kind of political Mm -hmm. moment. And so I think I wanted to go and 
see kind of other perspectives and be in a place that uh, I could have conversations with people that didn't necessarily agree with my own personal beliefs and have really good conversations, you know, over the dinner table and things, which since there are so many people who are really passionate about politics here, you can seek out those conversations. And there may be people who have vastly different perspectives than you do, but you can still have kind of calm, educated discussions about it. And I've really, really enjoyed that. Um, So I think kind of this motivation of having conversations that are kind of outside of maybe my realm that I had had in the past or kind of outside sometimes of my comfort zone um, and kind of testing my own biases and my own perspectives. I think that was definitely the purpose of me coming here. And I've definitely been able to find that. Um, I also took advantage of all of their different study abroad opportunities, which has been really cool. They they offer a lot of programs and things for students to, uh, I, I got to spend the whole year, which is awesome. And most people don't get to do that. Um, so it was, it was really, really lots of opportunities. And I think COVID, of course, kind of threw a wrench in all of that. But mm-hmm. I, I think I've still had a great experience here. So yeah, definitely want to check out as you're doing your your college search. Uh, a lot of people don't know about it, but it's definitely kind of like a, a gem. Um, and uh, it's, it's yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, I would definitely take a look at it. Because like, I like am so passionate about politics is like a big, like kind of like, I don't know how to describe it, like a big passion of mine, I should probably say. And plus, yeah. like, I want like major in journalism, even in politics. I know I want to major something in politics or something. So I'd definitely take a look at that college. Yeah, it's yeah, it's definitely a little bit. I I will say, you know, it's it's kind of a controversial place, and but I, I'm very grateful for the opportunities and stuff that. Uh, and and you know, if you if you are interested in having a lot of different viewpoints and things, it's it's a great place to have conversations. Um, and yeah, lots of opportunities on the table. So if you're interested in study abroad, if you're interested in politics, uh, even journalism, continuing with all of your work in this this realm of things, it's uh, it's definitely it's there's a lot of opportunities here. Amazing. I definitely took a look at it. Like I like mm-hmm. any opportunity I get to do journalism or even study abroad, that's definitely on my list to do around in college or even in politics. I definitely take a look at that now. I'm a little crazy <laughs> that and now I'm looking into it more But um why should like people like make change in the world with your mission? Like with with like um your podcast name it says be the change and with that mission of the podcast I really improvise the podcast as well as what you want to do with a podcast but like why should people like make change in like what they believe in yeah I think that so one of my guests I would have to go back and look at which episode but this has really stuck with me there was some advice that they shared and it was about how a lot of people have the capabilities of complaining and about of, of I guess identifying problems in the world and figuring out what's making them upset or what they don't like in their daily lives and a lot of people have that capability but the real challenge I guess in our world and in our lives is to figure out how you can improve mm. those challenges and so I think that's kind of the hurdle that a lot of people don't take that extra step to get over. So of course we can all complain and we can all say, oh, I don't like this. I don't, you know, I don't like the way this is being run. Any number of complaints that you may have in your life, but it takes that extra step to actually try to figure out what you can do about it and how you can solve that for yourself and for others. And so I think that's kind of how I have seen change making. And I think that's kind of the the way that, you know, be the change you wish to see in the world. It's identifying those issues 
and then figuring out how you can actually take action to improve them. And I think the best interviews that I've had and so many people from that, that I've gotten to speak to through the podcast have really exemplified that, that it's figuring out a problem, figuring out how to change it, how to solve it. And not only for yourself, but also for future generations that may also face that problem. Mm-hmm. And I think so there's there's kind of, you know, three different steps to it. Um, but I think that's definitely been my motivation with all of these conversations and things. I just am so inspired by that mindset that yes, we can all we can all complain and we can all say, you know, oh, I wish this was better. But it's actually figuring out how to address that and improving it. And so many of the problems that we face we have the capability of kind of chipping away and making a difference. And I think that's what so many of my guests have been doing, but I think that's why I'm kind of motivated to continue this podcast and share those stories. So hopefully people can take that extra step and try to improve those issues that they see in the world. Mm -hmm. Like I like the way you said, because like, even though like there might be so many things going on in the world at at the moment, like, like there's so many things you could do to make change in what's going on. Like some people might think like, how am I supposed to make change in this opportunity? Like what's going on? And like the only thing I can recommend is that like this user voice, post on social media, like tell your friends and family about like what's going on and why you're so passionate or even start an organization or even a podcast. Like there's so many ways they can do to use your voice or even just reach out to different activists like look like a big thing on you can find people is maybe LinkedIn or Instagram social media whatever it is like there's so many people that probably feel the same way as you and want to make change in the world even though it might not be the same view as you a lot of people especially in today's world have different opinions and like kind of like to use it against you when they talk about it you know I mean this is like Sometimes you may have to be careful in what you want to talk about because that person might hurt some people in in some ways. But then, like, as long as you talk about it and be careful what you're saying, that's the only thing you can really do is use your voice and talk about what's going on and what you're passionate about. I totally agree. And I think um, everyone, you know, and that's kind of something that I stress on the podcast, too, is everyone has a voice and everyone Mm -hmm. has the capacity to you know, share their thoughts and to share. And of course, like you said, you have to be careful with that sometimes. But, you know, if you feel passionately about something, share that. And if you feel like there's a problem that you see, you can make that difference. And everybody has that ability. So it's just kind of tapping into that and inspiring people to use their voices. That's the whole goal of the podcast. Mm, For sure. And like, what are some projects that you're passionate about? Or even like, organizations or things like what are some things that you're passionate about? Yeah, I think for me, it's definitely in in recent years, and I guess for my whole life, I've been really passionate about education. And so that's Mm. kind of manifested itself in a bunch of different ways in my life. And I think journalism is kind of my path through education, and I guess to improving the world through education, because I think journalism is kind of a means of widespread education and sharing information that benefits others, and I guess amplifying issues in the world so others can also take action. So that's been kind of my path, but I love tutoring. I love being in schools. I think that especially in America, the education system is facing a lot of challenges right now. And I think it's such an important institution in our country and around the world. And it really, to me, is just the backbone of everything in our world. So I'm, both of my parents are public school teachers, and I've just always been very, very passionate about supporting teachers, supporting students, 
being in schools as much as I can. And so I think for me, that's kind of the biggest cause or I guess the biggest uh, issue that I'm really passionate about. And um, I could talk for hours and hours about education issues and policy and things. So that's definitely kind of my own personal passion and something that I'm going to continue. I love education reporting and things. So something that I'm definitely going to continue to kind of tap into into the future, just because I think it's such an important issue. Mm, you're definitely right. Like, how does like how did like growing up with your teacher, like not with your parents being teachers, like how do you think that has impacted you in like being so passionate about education and all these things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, I I always say I kind of grew up in schools. Like I'm sure that everybody had that, you know, kid who their parents were teachers. So they just uh, were hanging out in schools all the time. And my mom was a third grade teacher and my dad was a high school teacher. So they kind of were there throughout my entire K through 12 education. And for me, I just, I came to develop the life motto and my, my parents instilled this in me from a very young age, but to whom much is given, much is expected. Mm. And I had been given so many opportunities by my parents and by their emphasis on education and always being there in my school. And I think then I wanted to use those opportunities. And so I think that has really inspired me to continue to be involved in journalism in you know, tutoring and being in helping other students and, you know, trying to benefit other future generations. And so I think I, I just have always used education as kind of the means for, you know, giving back in my community. And I just saw my parents, they, you know, work so many hours and they work so hard to be great teachers. And I think that I just, I've always been so inspired by that just because mm-hmm. being a teacher is kind of a thankless job. And, yeah. um, you know, they, there's, there's so much appreciation that I have for them and the work that they do. So that's definitely kind of motivated my entire trajectory as far as journalism and as far as uh being involved in you know advocacy and and things like that so mm-hmm. yeah it's it's definitely been very foundational for me for yeah sure. like, I feel like a lot of teachers don't get no credit for like what oh, they do for sure as, like for honestly sure. like sometimes teachers can some teachers kind of be like a little pain in the butt for some students <laughs> but then like you have to think like oh like they're spending countless hours each week um teaching a class and that's not easy each day. oh yeah and easy. and so yeah, yeah so I many like of a lot them of people spend... don't like take it for granted yeah, yeah yeah and so many of them spend I mean my parents would work like so many out you know it would be like a 6 a.m to 4 p.m type job you know and they would just put in so many hours and weekends and you know just to be good teachers and to um give you know give that gift of education to their students and so I think yeah for me it's just it's always been something that I think a lot about kind of their work ethic and how they were public servants and that's just motivated me and all of the different kind of turns of my uh of my education career and hopefully into my professional career and yeah so definitely definitely a very influencing factor for me mm-hmm. and like the last thing I have for you is like what is some advice for upcoming podcasters or someone who wants to use their voice but don't know how Yeah, for sure. I think, and this is kind of cliche because I think a lot of people give this advice, but I just, I can't, I can't drive it home enough. But if you are interested in getting involved in any of this type of work, reach out to people who have done something like this and reach out to people for advice, for guidance on getting started because you don't have to do it alone. And I think that is a huge thing that of course, it's nerve wracking to reach out to people who may have, you know, established podcasts and who may have been doing this for years. But what's the harm in asking, right? And I always say, the worst thing they can say is no, 
right? Mm. The worst thing they can say is, sorry, I don't have enough time or I'll get back to you or something. And that's the worst thing they can say. Mm. And so it never, never hurts to just reach out to someone, like you said, LinkedIn, Instagram, you know, email, like so many people want to help. And especially they want to help young people who are coming up with great ideas and who are ambitious and who are developing projects for the future. So reach out. It never hurts to send an email and someone like, you know, I would love to help out anyone who's interested in, you know, developing a podcast. I can give you equipment advice. I can give you editing software, so many different things. So I think it always just starts with asking that question and figuring mm. out if there's someone you admire, or if there's someone that you're interested in connecting with, do it. Uh, there's mm. no harm in asking. So I think, yeah, that's definitely the best advice I have. And one that I wish that I would have taken advantage of, because I kind of went at this just very like, oh, I'll just buy a microphone and get started. And I wish I would have had kind of a more solid background of advice and people to ask mm. and things. So definitely take advantage of those resources. Definitely. Like I know like with some people, they hate asking questions and like are reaching out to people about things, but then like, it's just like, it's a, to learn about that project. Like you, that's the key to learning is that like, it's not too bad ask people that, that have been doing this for years like like ask for their advice or how they got started like for me I wish I had kind of like podcasters to reach out to like I didn't yeah. know like you should reach out to people or anything mm-hmm. before I started like I just started this podcast and just record my first episode without being prepared on what the mission was or anything like, yeah yeah and for so, us like, I'm sure I didn't know how, like you're supposed to do that until like maybe a couple <laughs> months in yeah yeah and I'm sure you know for for you too and I'm sure that you agree with this it's like now I would love to help people who you know yeah. I'm like please reach out you know yeah. <laughs> I would love I'm always available so I'm sure yeah. Kylie I'm sure you'll link my uh contact details and stuff too because um but yeah and by email by Instagram anything reach out <laughs> yeah reach out like it's never like reach out to me or Lily or anyone uh-huh. because, like, even if you want to get podcasting or anything like Feel free to reach out. Like, I'm always happy. I'm sure for you as well. Like, mm-hmm. help out with anybody. I'm always willing to answer questions, even though I might not know the answer to the question. <laughs> of course, not. We always don't know the answer to every question. But then, like, it's always willing to give like answers that you might think might help to that question. They might be interested in. Exactly, and there's no harm. You know, worst worst they can say is no, and we certainly won't say no. So yeah. reach out to either. We won't say no. We'll, we'll never say no. We'll always be happy to help you, like, no matter Absolutely. what. Absolutely. You might be busy in some things, but we'll always be happy to help. That's the Definitely. best thing about doing it. Is that like, we're always happy to help and mentor you. Will have or answer any questions you have. For sure, for sure, I totally agree. <laughs> then, like, thank you so much, Lily, for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate. It. I love chatting with you again, and I'm so honored to talk with you again and be a guest on your podcast. I really appreciate it. We'll definitely do this again soon. Thanks so much, Lily. Of course, of course. Thank you for having me. <laughs> of course, have a good rest of your day. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Bye, Kylie. Bye.